When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Just another Q&A Friday. Hey, hey, hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Don McDonald. It is my duty to answer your questions on as many Fridays as I possibly can. So here I am answering your questions on another Friday or whenever you happen to be listening to the podcast. Quick program note, I am recording this the Friday before Thanksgiving here in the United States. So Tom and I will be taking a few days off from the podcast starting on Thursday, the 24th. And so there won't be a podcast on Thursday or Friday. And we plan to have one for you the next Monday, if all goes according to plan, if Tom gets back from Qatar and the World Cup on time. So we're here to take questions. You can always send questions in at 855-935-TALK. Of course, they have to be about money because the show's called Talking Real Money. You can also record your questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. Just hit the contact button. And that is exactly what this listener did. Hello. Thank you for taking my question. Really quickly before I ask the question, here's a quick background summary. I lost trust with my advisor after he recommended to put my Roth into a loaded fund, which happened to be an all-large growth. He recommended this because it would create a smaller managed fee going forward. What really peed me, though, is a few months after I decided that I wanted to contribute into this fund, I was told that anything I put moving forward into the fund would be what's called a Class C expense of over 1%, which to me didn't make any sense, sounded super expensive, especially since I was already paying this advisor a 1% fee on top of it. That led me down the road to seek as much information and wisdom about this whole investing process, which led me to stumble upon Paul Merriman and his podcast, Sound Investing. And through Paul, I found your guys' podcast. I just want to say I am incredibly thankful for teachers and educators like you. Thank you deeply. Okay, so here's my question. I'm a firefighter in the state of Washington and will have a pension at retirement called Left 2. This is guaranteed, and I believe according to you guys would just be another name for an annuity. That being said, I'm considering this as the fixed income in my portfolio. I believe you said in the past not to count Social Security as fixed income in the portfolio, and I'm curious your thoughts on viewing my pension as my quote-unquote bonds where the rest of my retirement will be diversified in equities in the market. If my pension will be most of my income in retirement, which I'm planning on it being, do you think I would need to add bonds into my portfolio? I'm 40 years old, have no debt other than my mortgage, which I plan to have paid off before I retire, and I don't plan on touching any type of my deferred compensation or Roth IRAs until at least age 60. I'm really curious on how you would view 
a pension being the bond portion of a portfolio. It's a pretty good pension that goes up with CPI year after year up to 3%. Risk-wise, I'm not afraid of my equity side dropping 50% since I have a strong pension and can utilize this mostly in a down market. Knowing this, should I still add bonds into my portfolio? And if not now, should I ever add bonds? I know you guys are fans of bonds. That's why I'm asking. Thank you again for answering this question. And I'm pretty sure you'll get a few more questions from me as time goes on. Well, we'd love to get more questions from you. Thanks. And thanks for all the nice comments. You are on the right track. And, oh, you see, that statement, we like bonds. Well, we don't like bonds. We just see the need for bonds in some portfolios. However, you're not one of those people. My guess is if you took our risk quiz, you would have a very high tolerance for risk because you basically said you do. Plus, you're young. You've got tons of time for this money to grow. So you really shouldn't even be thinking about a bond component. Hey, great that you have the pension. Bonus. That just makes that makes your life a lot easier going forward. But your allocation should be based on two things. Not, not your pension. It should be based on your need for income in retirement, and yours apparently is going to be low, um, and your tolerance for risk, which is high. Now, right now, because you're in the accumulation phase, accumulate. And since you can stand a 50% decline, well, accumulate relatively aggressively, properly diversified uh, in the stock market, and you don't, you really don't need bonds. Now, later on, you might, though. Later, as you get older, your risk tolerance may change. And since, and you're not going to know this until you're 20 years older, or at least 15, if your pension is going to meet your needs, then why continue as you get older and you may need that money for emergencies, for healthcare, for example? You, know, you, can, you can self insure for long term care practically if you build wealth now. It may be that when you get toward retirement, you don't want to take as much risk. That's when bonds might start to make sense in your portfolio. 15 years from now, maybe. Take the risk quiz in 15 years. But for now, I think you're doing just great. You got away from that broker. A 1% management fee and then he puts you in C-shares? That, that is just deplorable. That is what is wrong with so much of the financial services industry. This disregard for the client's money and a total focus on the broker making as much as humanly possible. 1% and 1%, you know, they get a trailer from the funds and they get a fee for managing your money. That is that is just wrong. Thank you so much for finding us. Thanks for listening. Please, please, this holiday season, spread the word. Tell people. Thanks for, uh, for stopping by. Now we're going to take a call this one came in at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Hey, guys. Love your show. This is Courtney from Delaware. Just This is a, just a generalization. You hear a lot about bucket strategies and uh, what to do as you approach retirement. But this is just uh, totally oversimplified. So say one's in their early 60s and you have 100000 in uh, a brokerage, 100000 in a traditional IRA. 100,000 in a Roth IRA and then Social Security and you're planning it on living. You can't really can't plan it, of course, but say you like your life expectancy is 85 and uh, 
and you were going to start drawing down, and it doesn't have to be 100,000 in each one. You know, you could use any random number of equal amount in those quote unquote buckets. As you were approaching, you know, retirement, say 62, which would you draw on first and which would you draw on last? Would you put off the Roth as long as possible, put off Social Security as long as possible, or any of the others? Uh, just kind of thinking about that as I've been listening to your show and I listen to other programs as well. And uh, just uh, looking for your insight on that. I appreciate it and uh, talk to you later. Thanks for the comments. Um, you know, you already know the answer. I think you already figured it out. You practically gave it. Uh, you start drawing the from the accounts that have the least amount of long-term tax advantage or income growth advantage. So first place you start the 100K or the whatever the amount is in the brokerage account. That's a taxable account. You've been paying taxes all along the way. You're not getting any benefits from tax or not many benefits from tax deferral. So that's where you begin. Then you, well, depending on how old you are, if that lasts you until 70, then the next place you go is Social Security because you need to start taking it at 70. But you should wait if you can and you think you're going to live a long time, wait until 70 because you'll get more money. Then you withdraw from the regular IRA. And remember, at 70-something, depending on the year in which you retire, you're going to have to start required minimum distributions from that anyway. And the last thing you touch in your very old age if possible, if you don't need it, is that Roth IRA. You let that tax-free grow. It's tax-free for as long as you possibly can. So that's the order. Thanks for the call. And let's see, what is next? I forgot my order of calls now. Let's see here. No, next is another phone call. See, I try to take them in date order when they come in. So here's another call that came in to 855-935-TALK. And you can call that number 24-7 and leave your question. First of all, I'd like to say I love your show. I have a question for you. Where would you put money that you do not want to lose any principal for? I'm thinking about doing a three- to four-year CD ladder for that money to make sure that I don't lose any of the principal. It's for my emergency fund and for short-term expenses that may arise. Is there someplace else besides that? that you would recommend. I don't want to lose any principal, so I'm really interested in finding out what you think is the best answer. Again, thank you very much, and I love your show again. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Thanks for the comments. Absolutely safe. Well, there are really only two things that you can consider theoretically absolutely safe, and that is a U.S. government security, full faith and credit security, which would be a treasury bill, note, or bond. Bills would, of course, be the things you're looking for. But you're not going to earn as much on a treasury bill right now as you will on a CD, particularly if you shop. If you shop the high-yield banks that you can find at bankrate.com or buy brokered CDs through one of the major brokerage firms, compare the rates. We've seen lately that some of these brokered CDs have been very impressive. The term of your ladder, and I love the idea of a ladder, but the term of your ladder needs to be determined by how much money you might need in any given year. Because if you don't want to lose anything, then you don't want to tap 
an unmatured CD or particularly one that's purchased on the secondary market, a brokered CD, because you could lose if you sell them before maturity. The only way you don't lose is if they're held until they mature, they expire. So uh, figure out how much you might need worst case in any given year from this amount of money. And then that should be the amount of your one-year CD. And then whatever's left can be laddered out, depending again on how much you have, how much you need. Thank you very much. We're going to go to somebody who sent a question in, spoke it in at TalkingRealMoney.com, clicking on the contact form right now. The saga continues. The right time to buy. That was the name of last week's uh, Friday Q&A. Or was it Thursday? Yeah, it was Thursday. Hi, guys. This is Brian. And I am that caller that that episode was titled after. And I had to call and call myself out and be accountable. The caller who called in, who was me, mentioned that he had heard, that is me, I had heard, that Paul Merriman and Chris Pedersen visited Avantis. And anyone who wants to go back to that episode, I'm not going to get into the weeds. They can check it out. But the context that I did not provide, that I wanted to call today and just clear up, is that and I know you know this, Paul is like the best teacher in the world. And without him, I know I would not be investing. And I did not want to make it sound like I was calling him out uh, for getting into the weeds too much about this timing thing on, you know, should you buy in the first half hour of the day if you're buying an ETF or whatever. Um, You know, I believe that was a video or podcast or both that they uh, released sometime in mid-August and you know, they mentioned that in like the fourth quarter of like an hour and 15 minute long video as like a side note. It wasn't even the main thing they were talking about. It was like really even tempered. They mentioned it. I think for me, well, for most people, I'm pretty sure that would have gone over their head. For me, I'm a huge geek, number one. And number two, actually, I was already heightened to this subject. That's the other piece of context I wanted to provide is that you know, somewhere else on the internet once upon a time, someone did use this as a headline to their video and said, I'm leaving M1 finance for good because of the bid-ask spread. They only trade in the morning, blah, blah, That did get in my head. This was somewhere six months down, six months ago. And when they mentioned it, it was already, you know, activated in me. And they said it very, very even keeled. And so I, I went to call in and say, you know, much respect to Paul Merriman and Chris Patterson and to you guys. And thank you, Don, for, for chilling me out on this issue and making sure I know that it doesn't matter if you buy in the morning, at the end of the day, the middle of the day, just keep buying and don't sweat it. Thank you guys so much. No, Brian, it, it was Friday. It's Q&A Friday. I mean, sometimes we've done a Q&A Wednesday or Thursday, but that was a Friday one. I recorded it on a Friday, put it up on a Friday, kind of like I'm doing this one on a Friday, as I do them on Fridays. It's my day for doing Q&A. Hey, hey. <laughs> I have never had a caller call himself out. I don't think anybody, particularly Paul or Chris, took umbrage at your comments. I, I don't think they thought you were singling them out. I think that they just mentioned it in passing, as you said they did. In fact, Tom keeps saying, I don't think Paul went to visit Avantis. He must have, or he wouldn't have done a video saying he did. I'm not going to quibble. But you got to the moral of the story, which is great. And the moral of the story is, 
<sighs> Don't be too big a geek. That's really what it is. Geek out on something else other than your investments. Find something you love to geek out on. You know, that could be um, sports you love, games you play, people you like to hang out with, books you read, shows you watch, whatever it is. Geek out on that because that's fun. Don't geek out on money because it's it just gets in your way. We start to overthink things, and we don't want to overthink money because it's too simple if you understand the basic rules. You just, and you said it, you just keep buying. That is the key to success. Just keep buying. Again, our phone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Let's do another phone call, shall we? Hello, guys. I really appreciate all your advice and expertise. Question. I was told to go to bankrate.com to look at CDs and uh, try to get the best rate. So I did, and they were about 4.0 for a one-year CD. But then my husband asked, why don't you just go to Vanguard and see if they offer CDs? And I did not think they did because I've never heard anybody talk about that. Well, lo and behold, they do, and it looks like I can get a better rate, something like 4.6 or something for a four- to six-month, which is even a, a less time period, which is, I'm more interested in that maturity period because um, I do think interest rates are going to go up. So uh, what are your thoughts on using Vanguard to uh, get a CD, and why, are, why do they offer higher rates than what bank rate can find? Um, and I do see that vanguards are um, banks which are FDIC insured or whatever they use, providers that are FDIC insured. So just curious your thoughts on that. Thanks so much, Don and Tom. Thanks for everything you do. Bye. It's funny. Questions tend to come in bunches. And we, we just talked about this a little earlier in the episode. Uh, for some reason, well, I know what the reason is. Uh, you can get really great rates on brokered CDs right now. And the reason is it's becoming so expensive for banks to borrow through their traditional windows of borrowing through the Federal Reserve, intra-bank or interbank, I should say. Um, and uh, they're, they're paying a lot. So they're willing to go out a little farther on their yield to get you to buy. And the nice thing about brokered CDs is that they can give a block, a, a huge block. They can get Vanguard or Schwab or whomever to take on a block of tens or hundreds of millions of dollars worth of CDs. And that allows them to not have the little expenses of dealing with each individual client. When the, when the bank deals with you as one client, you have to think about it. There is a lot of expense involved in setting that account up, in, in reporting, in monitoring, in Dealing with you when it matures, all of that stuff costs money. And so if they can trim some of those costs, they can afford to offer a higher yield through a bank. So I think looking for brokered CDs right now makes a lot of sense. Now, I do want to pick on you for one comment you made. I do think interest rates are going to go up. That indicates that you are trying to time the market. And so I would suggest that you not just go out and buy CDs because you want to make a little more money right now. Make sure that this is money that 
you want to keep safe. Make sure that you've got a plan for your investments. Make sure you're not trying to time the market. This is one of the reasons why I suggest laddering CDs. Because while you may get the same rate for six months as you get for a year, or maybe even as you get for two, if interest rates don't go up at some point down the road, and they might not, then you have some money locked in at higher rates. Remember, the Fed does not determine interest rates. Uh, This is difficult for a lot of people to understand. What the Federal Reserve does is just lend money overnight, short term. What drives interest rates are the market's expectations for the future. And if the Fed, if the market believes, I should say, that the Fed's efforts to tighten the money supply are going to reduce inflation, then you could you could be looking at a situation where on the day the Fed raises rates, longer-term rates could plunge. It's happened before. So don't play this, I think rates are going to do this, or I think the market is going to do that. This is a foolish game. Our thoughts are meaningless. We don't know anything about the future. All we have are a bunch of hunches, and we forget that our hunches are wrong at least as often as they're right, probably more often. Thank you for the call. We're going to take one more that came in from TalkingRealMoney.com. Hi, guys. Tim from the L.A. area. I have an IRA with Betterment, and I was wondering, what is your general opinion of them as compared to Schwab, Fidelity, and Vanguard? Should I stay with them, or should I move it to one of those three? Thank you. Betterment, I've liked Betterment. I liked, I think I like them better in the past than I do now, though, because they're trying to be all things to all people. Uh, they're try- they've got some portfolios that are really gimmicky. They've gotten even into crypto, which I just despise. I know they're pandering. It's pandering. But if, if you stick with, if you use them for a very basic portfolio, like their original investing portfolio, which is Vanguard ETFs primarily, a few other things. And you use them for you use their rebalancing tools. You use their tax harvesting tools. Uh, paying a quarter of a percent per year for those tools for a DIYer is a pretty good deal. I mean, that's that's a reasonable price for those tools. So I I think that for that purpose they're great. It's where you get into the weeds that um, I think you can really hurt yourself when you start getting into their technology fund or their metaverse fund, for heaven's sake, or their metaverse portfolios. It just gets crazy. It's getting silly, like so much of investing gets from time to time. And people want to be all things to all people instead of sticking with some rules that just work. They've worked in the past, and they're likely to work in the future and avoiding the latest hot thing. And a betterment is trying to offer the latest hot thing to everybody because they they're they're a they're a volume game. They want to they want to have as many people as possible because at a quarter of a percent a year, it's hard to run a business. That is not a lot of money. Well, thank you all for your questions. I appreciate them. Call us anytime, 855-935-TALK and leave your question. On Saturday, the uh, 19th, 
Tom and I will be together for an hour, and then I'll be doing an hour alone of the live show that airs between 3 and 5 Eastern time, noon to 2 Pacific. And you can call the same number, 855-935-TALK, during those hours, and we can actually have a great conversation about money and investing and saving things and spending things and the stuff we do with our dough all the time. So call tomorrow. I'd love to talk with you on Saturdays or on any Saturday except for the Saturday after Thanksgiving. We're here for you almost every day. And if you need more help, you want to have a plan. You've decided, I am sick to death of just buying whatever's hot or you know, putting money in a six-month CD, hoping I know what the market's going to do in the future, which you don't know. And you want a little help, just a nudge in the right direction. Or you need somebody to look at that portfolio that has 35 different securities in it, and you're really not sure if they even work together or how much you're paying. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and click on the button that says Meet an Advisor. That's it. Then you can go to that page. Down at the bottom of the page, you can set up an appointment to meet with one of our Appella Wealth Advisors. What will you get? Help. What will you not get? A bill. What else will you not get? A sales pitch. Really? Really. How can we do that? Well, it actually has helped build our business. Turns out it was really a good idea from a business perspective. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Funny how that works. If you do something nice for people, they tend to tell people about you. And it's a very successful strategy. Plus, we help a lot of people who wouldn't otherwise get help. So go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the button, Meet an Advisor, right there at the top of the page. Set up an appointment to meet with one of our, advi our advisors, even Tom. Really? Except while he's in Qatar or Qatar. Qatar, Doha, there, let's just say Doha, watching the World Cup. Well, everybody, I'm Don McDonald. Thanks so much for being a part of what we do. I really appreciate all of you. If you like what you hear, leave a review at Apple Podcasts. And please, please, particularly over the holiday when you talk to so many people, tell them if they really need help getting their financial act together, one of the best things they can do is listen to the Talking Real Money podcast pretty much every day. So take care. Have a great holiday if you're listening to this before the holiday or have a great holiday the other holiday, the Christmas one, if you're listening after or have a great Hanukkah or have a great whatever it is you celebrate whenever it is you're celebrating it. I'm Don McDonald and I'm hanging out in my studio doing what I do, talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. As you keep the lawyers happy.